Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> On this week's episode of Bourbon and Blood. Nope. <laughs> Hold on. On this episode of Nerd Life Roundtable. On this Welcome week's... to LARPers Lounge. My name is Eric. Okay. Wow. Wow. On this week's episode of Beside Ourselves Podcast, Danny finally shows an album he loves to Josh. It is Danny's birthday tomorrow. Danny does not like talking about himself in the third person. I am Danny. Dun, dun, dun. Let's begin. He is Hi. Danny. <laughs> He's Danny. So yes, this is uh, Beside Ourselves Podcast. We are back. It is 2022. New year. Same old shit. We don't know any shit. We don't know We shit. don't know nothing. And it is my birthday tomorrow, so like last year, I chose an album I love, and I made Josh listen to it, and I like to get Josh's opinion on it. What was your birthday album last year? It was AFI. Mm, yeah. Sing the Sorrow. This year I That's chose right. I remember. Mill and Colin, Penny Bridge Pioneers. A little Swedish punk rock for you out there. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize they were from Sweden. Oh, uh, yeah. Full sweet until doing research. Full disclosure: my experience with Mill and Colin uh, prior to this is uh, hearing Danny. Uh, so I knew a band named Mill and Colin existed, and that they were like in the scene. I'm sure I saw them on that big inflatable schedule. At no, Warp- no, never played Warp Tour. Oh, I've I've went to a lot of warp tours and I've never seen them at a warp tour. Okay. The only time I've ever seen them was at Riot Fest. Uh, rewind. Uh, I must. I'm sure I saw their name on one of those <laughs> sampler CDs. Um, and um, not really realizing it, but also I'm familiar with a song of theirs from this album, uh, due to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. Whoop whoop. That's how everyone got into them. Yeah. That, hey, it around was the Epitaph compilations. Quite the vehicle. That's I, and honestly, Epitaph compilation is probably where I saw the name the first time, um, because you know, Motion City, and yep, Metric Romance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Epitaph uh, had a thing for picking great bands. Yeah. Um, but that's I mean that's that's really it. I feel like maybe one of the, there was, I feel like maybe the ballad was the ballad I, on your sad song list this year or last yep, year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, but that's, I mean, that's really it. And it's funny because, and I think I've said this before, but, uh, Millen, there was a period of time I always messed with Danny about, uh, Michael Keaton and Batman because I heard Danny tell the story to like three different people over the course of like a, a one week period and then and then it just became a thing and then and so this the same thing happened uh we'll just for ballpark we'll say it was like 2010 ish okay i remember being at like multiple parties or bars or whatever over a relatively short period of time and i'd walk by and hear you singing the praises of like getting back into mill and colin to mm-hmm. someone and it, it was like one of those things where it's like that was my frame of reference was you like tipsily telling someone how great Mill and Colin was. I tried so hard to get so many people into this band and it never worked. 
So growing up, I got into them from my friend Jeff and Charlie. They introduced me to Life on a Plate, their album from 1996, and then Same Old Tunes, 1994. And then I fell in love with the album for Monkeys in 1997. And then this one came out around the time Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 came out. And man, from there I was hooked. Yeah, and, and they're still together. Yeah, still putting on music. Um, it's yeah, it's a wild time. Uh, it 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 fe- it feels like one of those bands where it's like, whatever happened to them? But it they're not one of those bands. Like, on paper, I think so. You also gotta y'all. You you also have to remember that they're Swedish. Like they're still pretty big overseas. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that and that makes sense that they maybe they're. U.S. popularity might have dropped off a little bit, but they could still be, yeah, a big deal in Europe. I mean, I saw them at Riot Fest one of the times I went with you, and the crowd was huge, so people love them. Yeah, I mean, and people go to Riot Fest for... Um, Riot Fest does a good job of cherry-picking, like, uh, great bands that that, like had a cult fan base but not maybe necessarily a ton of notoriety or like plugging uh, tugging on your nostalgia strings you know remember how big the crowd was for mest yeah yeah Yeah. i mean so um anyway yeah uh do you want to get into it do you have some more uh, you you want to have anything to add to your personal history i believe real quick going back to riot fest they were playing and their set was ending about the time that uh, who was playing Ice Cube, remember? You were so pumped about going to see that. Yeah, when we went to Ice Cube early. So I stayed and watched Mill and Colin because this is a band I've never seen live. I love this band. I had to see it. And oh, I still yeah. got to see I was further back than you if I remember right, but I still got to go over and watch Ice Cube. Yeah, well, and we were close, but the guy, we were up real close, but the guy near us was, like, weird. So, maybe you lucked out. It was, I got to see both of them, and I was very happy. I didn't, like, miss any of either sets. <laughs> All right. That's it's always a, it's always a balance. I am nervous, but excited to see what you thought of this, because you know I talked about this band so much. And I've just wanted to make you I wanted to make you sit down and listen to one of their albums. This is their most popular one. I think right off the bat, I know you were annoyed that almost all songs are under three minutes. Um, no, I mean, they're uh, they're like riding the line, right? So it's they're short, but they're not like. I'm trying to pull it up here to see like what what are we what are we actually looking at here? They're they're under three and obviously like right about now is 148. Uh, but so I mean they're in pepper. <laughs> um. Yeah, they're right. They're riding the line. Like um. I I think more. Stuff under under two minutes is where I start to get annoyed. Especially, I you know, and it, it annoys me more with. Um, I guess I didn't really notice it as much with these songs, but those those Justin Pierre songs were like, you could tell the 
you could it well i should say i shouldn't say you can tell because i don't know what his intention was but like it seemed like to me he was content writing one verse yeah instead of writing two well that's also the thing about melancholy is he sings really fast yeah really fast and he crams a lot of music into less than three minute songs yeah they they definitely didn't feel that way or at least exaggeratedly so so yeah um well let me give you a little bit uh stats stat sheet tell me about Uh, it big guy this album is their fourth album uh yeah like we said they're from sweden um it was released on february 22nd in the year 2000 the year 2000 the distant future uh by epitaph or on epitaph um and from what i've read and a little bit of what i've listened to this was kind of a departure from being a little bit more rough and ska punky prior to this and this was maybe a little bit more of an alternative rock sound um, i will say this is not my favorite melancholy album this is one i thought you would like the most like for the monkeys and even the one after him home for home i like more than this album but I was like, oh, this is the hits. This has stuff that I think Josh would be okay with. I'm going to go with this one. Okay. Well, yeah, that's just a safe bet for sure. Uh, <laughs> so, and then this was their first album recorded outside of Sweden. Um, and it uh, was actually certified gold. It was their first album to be certified gold. Uh, it was certified gold in Australia. Um, and then it was also, it was eventually certified gold or platinum in australia just seems really odd um <laughs> just one place like that but um australia and, has good taste in music yeah um the band's name is derived from their hometown of orebro i don't know that's probably not how you pronounce it um which jocular translation of penny bridge in english um and then uh fox penguins and polar bears were released as singles with music videos uh and then no cigar was a single and an ep and appeared on the soundtracks of tony huck's pro skater 2 jeremy mcgrath's supercross world and then obviously on um you know the re-releases the all the old uh stuff all the old songs were still there and then um i guess pepper was on the soundtrack album for music from and inspired by Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, but was not actually in the game. Oh, that's so, a bummer. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, it was recorded in Hollywood at West Beach Recorders. So... In 1999, the, the, I saw this thing that kind of made me laugh, and I was like, "Where, where even would this be?" Um, so it was announced uh, in November of 1999, uh, in the last millennia. Um, it was announced that it would be released in February of 2000, and Material Boy was posted online on November 10th, 1999. Where, <laughs> where would you release? Like, I'm just trying to remember. Where would you debut a song for consumption in 1999? Uh, LimeWire. No, that's not where the band's putting it. Come on. They might. 
I feel like if I was in a band back then that had actual music, I would leak it on LimeWire. I should have clicked on the link for that and seen where they posted it. Um, oh, they so uh, follow they they were on Warp Tour in 2000, and then they were on the Epitaph Punkorama Tour. Um, they supported Offspring on their West Coast U.S. tour in July and August 2001, and then they were supposed to appear at Edge Fest in Canada, but they instead played two shows with Blink-182. Never you know, I feel like I did hear them being on a Warp tour because I went to 2000, and I feel like that was like a "oh, they're not playing Detroit, I'm really sad" kind of moment. Yeah, no, probably that. Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, yep, certified platinum in Australia in May of 2001, and has generally favorable reviews from music critics. This album. Yeah, it's good. It's good, Josh. All right, let's get into it. All right, track number one. I'm going to rip that Band-Aid right off with No Cigar. All right, I want you to tell me your opinions on these songs, and then I'll talk about them. Ooh, I should, um, let me play them in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk then. It's a killer first no, I got track. It. Okay. I got it, I got it. So this, this song surprised me. Like, um, I feel like, uh, you know the piece of it that i remember from the video game is the chorus but like the riffs and stuff in during the opening of the song in the like the the verses don't sound it's it's like they not that they don't go together they do go together but it doesn't it sounds like a it's we're talking about that like 90s alternative or 90s early 2000s alternative and then like i feel like the the verses sound a little bit more like that and then you get this like pop punk it's like swings swings into a pop punk chorus I that fits that. but sounds different like a little bit different um but this is a, this this is a great song um it's catchy. I like uh, the the chorus, and I like. Uh, I mean, I like what they do really throughout the whole song. Um, and I feel like if I would have been listening to this in the year two thousand, uh, the themes of you know being judged for being different would have uh, resonated with a young nerdy Josh. They go on so. a few times in this album. Oh yeah, no, there's a there's a couple themes that are repeated, and that's definitely one of them. So. I think a great great song to start the album hell yeah uh just like you said great song about not fitting in and also not just just not giving a fuck the driving drums and guitar part at the beginning are so cool yeah uh you know just it reminds you of like the click era of like high school you know but it's, i think it's still like that is it i think the clicks are just different yeah also, you thought, always hear like that people like revert to that when they're in like the nursing home. Yeah. So it's just human nature to be like that, I think. I thought clicks were less important in high schools now. Maybe I'm wrong because, you know, not in high school anymore. This is like what but, we know. <laughs> but I feel like bullying has got worse, as we can tell. Most, mostly because people use the Internet, which they didn't get to do when we were kids. Yeah, it's it's more pervasive because it's so much more accessible. Just yeah. like literally everything in life because of the internet. 
God damn the World Wide Web. Look what we've created, and now it's a monster. All right, track two, Fox. Fox. This is a song about loving your bike so much that you write a song about it like it's a lady. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, man, how old was I like? Did he let his the the 13 year old in his brain like write uh, this song? It's it's I I didn't catch it. Uh, I didn't actually catch what the lyrics were about until um, I was like listening and looking at the lyrics at the same time. Like when I was listening to it at the gym right after you told me what album we were going to do, I didn't. I just thought it was a song about a girl. I wasn't like really paying as close attention. That's what's um, clever about it. Is it no, could no, be I taken like it. completely out of I always thought it was about a car until I read the lyrics. And then yeah. there, you know, in the genius whatever website, it was like, oh, it's about his motorcycle bike. And I'm like, oh when it's actually about like a a bicycle bike. Because oh. in a different song later on, I can't remember, he says something about riding riding his silver fox. And I looked up silver fox bike and it's a yeah, it's a it's a type of like bike, 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 bicycle. So which uh, he said something about tying it up to a pole or tying it up to a tree or something. And I was like, you don't really do that with a motorcycle, I don't think so. What? I always did. I've never had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're a motorcycle guy. Which is I could totally be a motorcycle guy. Uh, is that was that what your midlife crisis is going to be? I've thought about that. And I feel like if I did ever go through a midlife crisis, probably like an old motor- motorcycle would be my thing. But I don't know. That's scary. I feel like this is a this uh, song, like instrumentation wise, it's just like a it's it has that vibe, and honestly, I think a lot of this album does. Where it's like I heard someone say they were talking, uh, someone was talking about pop punk and pop punk bands of of this era, and they said that. Um, Green Day is not a pop punk band. They're a punk band that writes poppy songs. Yeah. And I feel that's the vibe I get. Not saying that they're exactly like Green Day. There's obviously things that are different about them. Although this does kind of, this song especially, kind of sounds like a a bunch of European kids heard Green Day and were like, hey, let's (laughs) do that. Or let's do something like that. Um. And I, I feel feel like this is something better to say later, probably. But I feel like this, you know, for a bunch of guys like kind of imitating a style from another part of the world. I feel like like the fact that I didn't realize that they weren't American um, says something. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, sorry. I love the way the bridge is sung in this song. And it's just a really fun song. Yeah, it's about a bicycle, but come on. This is a jam. I like these. Um, I like bands like this where the um, the singer isn't necessarily like a great singer, but they make it work. Yeah, it fits the style. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's. Like we'll talk about in other songs, he sings really fast. And some of his lyrics you don't catch unless you're reading 
The weird yeah. sheets. Well, there's some, yeah, there's some weird stuff that he does where he like crams too many words in, I feel like, and I'm like, oh, that's what you said. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Track three, Material Boy, the sequel to Madonna's Material Girl. No, it's not. I was just kidding. <laughs> this makes me think of that scene in Wedding Singer where Robbie decides to go straight and he goes to the <laughs> bank to get out a loan or whatever and he's like, it's a material world and I'm a material girl or boy. <laughs> I mean, this song is what it says it is. It's about uh, someone who derives their pleasure from things, material. Yeah. I'm going to shop and I'm going to buy stuff and I'm never going to be satiate, satiated by that. And if I ever like, have a montage of shopping, I want this song to it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I mean to cut you off there. Yeah, I mean, this has the same, uh, very similar, like chuggy kind of feel to it as Fox, and I, I like that. It's a, it's just like a simple, um, but effective uh, song structure. Yeah, and it's like two minutes. You can hear there. It's I call it the iconic Melancholin guitar solo. Because it's the same kind of solo he does on every album. But I do love that. It's like a staple for them. And also, I didn't know half the stuff he was buying until I read the lyrics. Because he like, <laughs> this is one of those songs you're like, what did he say there? And wait till we get to Devil Me. And he's like listing all the things about himself. I was like, oh, <laughs> what's going on here? Okay. <laughs> Ooh. I'm not stopping, or I'm not stopping. I'm shopping. Such a good song. I look around at all my collectibles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is a attacked song. Feel attacked. All right, all right track tra- four, Duck Pond. I love this song. So this one, um, I feel it. Uh, it's different. Like the the song structure is different than the last two. It's it's a little bit more of a 90s alternative feel to it um but at the same time i feel it's also kind of a that old trope of and maybe it's not a pop punk trope but it feels like it because so many but like is this like this is like your quintessential or their take on your quintessential stuck in your small town song yeah but a lot of bands sing about getting out of the small town this song's about like I'm, i'm here this is my duck pond I'm staying in this duck pond. I feel like he doesn't, he's not happy about it though. No, he says it still sucks. Or, I mean, you know, but everyone's always thinking about getting out. They need to get out. Yep. And he's like, everybody else got out and I'm stuck. I'm stuck here and I'm miserable. And all right. In this duck pond, feed me some bread, but don't because you're not supposed to. I love the, the change is nowhere near. Just such a good like, oh, man, we've all felt that. Yeah, I felt this. <laughs> I wasn't even in my own small town. It was in somebody else's. <laughs> mm. Man, I, I when I was listening to this, the number one thing I thought was. I wish I would have. Well, the whole album, um, I wish I would have known this when it came out because I feel like it would have had such more of an impact on me than listening to it when I'm like 36. Yeah. Yeah. But 
Yeah. I mean, I could have picked a later album where they're they they still sing about like that's one thing about Mill and Colin. They're kind of like a small town band that made it big. However, yeah. they still just sing about small town life. Yeah, like a pop punk style, and like their later stuff is just the same kind of stuff, but grown up. And a lot of it's about beer or like they have a song about taking care of a house plant and how it's their best friend. <laughs> like they just do stuff like that, and it's like silly songs that you would like write when you're learning how to write music. But these guys just nail it as they get older. No, I mean, I, th- I feel like picking their most popular album is probably a was probably good for for me and for uh, potential listeners. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right about now, Funk Soul Brother, uh, <laughs> track number five, right about now. This is definitely one of those songs that I didn't know until I read the lyrics. I thought it was a very dark song. Because it almost sounds like he's saying, I don't want to live my life on this earth. With the way he's singing it so fast, but it's not what he's saying. He's like, I want to yeah. live my life on this earth. Yeah, uh, I do. I Well, I think the optimism is forced. I think he's having like a quarter life crisis at this point. Yeah. He's like, I'm 23, I'm 24, my life's a bore. You know, like, um, and so he's like trying to force himself to like, be positive and like my life my life sucks so i need to make it better like it's a a good song for the new year's resolution time of the year because this is like let's make it happen there are songs later in the album where he's much more optimistic and better at conveying that (laughs) this one's an all right track this is where he got started you know he's like oh i'm stuck in my duck pond he's like ah my life sucks it's a bore i'm gonna I'm going to live my life. I want to live my life on this earth. And then he's able to progress from there. It's right about now that he does it in the next. (laughs) All right. Anything else on that truck? No, I mean, there's nothing. uh, I don't think there's really anything like revolutionary in the instrumentation of the song. No, it's one of my least favorites on the album. It's not a bad song, but. It's very forgettable. Ugh, optimism. Ugh, forced optimism. <laughs> yeah. But the next track, track number six, Penguins and Polar Bears, is my favorite track on this album. Okay, so I know you've been having me talk first, but I'm really curious as to what your... What is this song about? It's about a toxic relationship where sometimes you have the upper hand and sometimes you don't have the upper hand. Like you're always fighting. Like that's okay. that's what yeah. I thought it was about. I, I couldn't figure out if it was about adversaries or about an inc- incompatible couple. It's a. I'm pretty sure it's about a couple, and it's like okay. sometimes when we're fighting, I'm the one that's getting the upper hand here. I'm like I'm the cool one walking away as a victor, and then sometimes you are just nailing me to the floor. <laughs> You're on the top when I am low. Yeah, yeah. I don't I like you. I'm, you don't like me. I think we're lacking energy. <laughs> that's the that's the one part that that makes me think that it's a cup a couple definitively is the we're lacking energy. Well, there's a lot of lyrics in the verses. I'm like, yeah, this is about 
Well, you just you wouldn't, you know, if you're on the other side of a battlefield, you wouldn't be like, oh, we're lacking energy. And I, I love the lyrics in this song. Like, I think he's very clever with a lot of his lyrics. It's a little too clever. Too clever. Making it hard. He's for not me lacking to energy. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, good song title too. I know, right? It's just such a. Like I remember. I bet I Joe Fourth n- likes the song because he loves penguins. I thought No Cigar was going to be the big hit on this when it came out because, you know, Tony Hawk. But, like, this is my favorite song on the whole album, and I think it should have been a bigger song. Well, No Cigar has 61 uh, million plays, and Penguins and Polar Bears only has 16. I know, but that's because No Cigar was on Tony Hawk. Yeah, that's true. It, uh, It is the second highest played song, though. Yeah. Fox is number three. Great. Well, those are your three singles, too. So, yeah. Any other thoughts on it? No, I like the I like the chorus. I. It's uh, got some remember. It's got some memorable like. Vocal spots like, oh, I like the way you said that. I like the way you sang that. It's also the one time in the album they have like backup vocals, like chanting along. Yeah. They don't do that normally, but in that song they did. All right. Hell, man. Track seven. seven. Cat. Man, I. Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. I relate to this song so much. It's a song about. Scary Devil Hell, man. No, it's a song about like having a hard time saying no and being a people pleaser, letting strong people walk all over you while you're like keeping everything inside. It's such a sick song with a but it's got a weak bridge. Like, I don't know if it was the production or mixing, but there's like guitars and bass, but it's like tone like really low. It's almost like a an outro style, but then it comes back in. Hmm. I don't know. I was not a fan of the bridge. But the song itself is sweet, and I love the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of said it all. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I know. I, I said keeping feelings bottle, bottled up, not communicating effectively, letting people trample, walk, uh, letting people walk all over you. Um, like I've gotten better at that as I got I've gotten older, but especially at like work situations, I'm way too much of a yes man. You're just a corporate yes man. Gross. Milton would be so mad at me. Chris Caraba, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gotta track get all the eight. Old callbacks in. Devil me. Devil right, me. What are your thoughts on this? Right after Hellman. Did you think oh. this was a ghost album? Uh, Devil me is the song where he says all of the things about himself. Yeah. Um, I think it's fun. Uh, I had to obviously had to read it while listening to it to know half of what he was talking about. I, the, you know what I'm, I haven't figured out though is what is, what is the, he's, you know, he's got, he's listing all the things, talking about all the things, but then he's talking about like, 
like wherever he goes, he wants it all to be with him. And I'm like, what is what is what does that piece mean? It means he loves home so much that he wants home to be with him when he's on tour and stuff like uh, that. I'm dumb. OK, but also I've never been on tour yet. I so I think this is a fun song, but the problem with this song is it is very descriptive about his life and all the references we're not going to get. Yeah, like he's naming like his friends and like hometown stuff. And like, we don't live anywhere near Sweden and we don't know any of this stuff. This one, this one goes real big over real big when he's at home. But I do oh, love this. and you might appreciate the song or this lyric now, too. He's like, I'm not an ace of bass, but I think I'm the king of sing. <laughs> I was like. I, I thought that was clever and funny. I did like that. He also mentions the band Super Chunk, which is how I got into the band Super Chunk. So I, I noticed like, that, too. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who that is. And then I looked them up back in the day, and I was like, oh, I like this band. Thanks, Mill and Colin. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? I like the... I don't know that it's like a a solo. It's not a solo, but like the... Is it like a breakdown, like the little instrumental between at like before they go into the last set of choruses? That's like the little lead up there. That's nice. Oh, yeah, that is nice. Nothing complicated. They they have a it almost sounds like a it almost sounds like a rhythm guitar solo, not a lead guitar solo. (laughs) I don't know if I knew those existed. What rhythm Rhythm guitar guitar solos? solos. They've happened. (laughs) All right. Well, let me stop to think about it for a minute. Oh, you mean track nine? I do. Stop to think. <laughs> uh, I was really confused what what uh, he was trying to get across in this one. Me too. I have no idea what he's trying to get across. And this is my least favorite song on the album. Oh, well. I think he's like comparing himself to other local musicians, maybe. I could be way off. Like... Ooh, if I stop to think about how much better all these other bands are, I get bummed out, or I don't even know. I don't don't listen to me. I don't know shit. <laughs> like, I'm, I pulled them up. So I'm looking at the lyrics now. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's like there's like a lot of about him leaving. But who's he leaving? Is he leaving a lover, or? He's not leaving the the band because the next song is about the band doing great. So now I'm leaving you in fear, but I will come back every year to be the fifth wheel you don't need. Maybe a group of friends. Maybe it's a girl at summer camp. So yeah, that's what it is. Summer camp. He went to band camp and he was the fifth wheel all the time and he came back every year and he hated it and he had to stop to think, do I need to keep doing this? We, uh, Solved it. We are way off. I'm 100% sure. Solved it. Solved. Listeners, you come to us to figure out songs. We've got you. This is exactly what the song is about. Bandcamp. Although I will say my favorite is when you go on this long diatribe about what you think a song is. And I'm like, well, actually, Wikipedia. (laughs) I know. None of that that on this album. But honestly, I think that only... I've listened to this album a lot, and I've also looked up what most of the songs are about before even considering doing this. So I couldn't there. I couldn't find a lot of song background for Penny Bridge Pioneers, but that's okay. 
All right. Uh, track number 10. The Mayfly. The Mayfly. Um, is this a bitter goodbye to their local scene? Yes. Yes, it is. It's a song about the band moving on from their local scene. Yeah. And they mention what I mean, some of the lyrics I love is they mention like the monkeys getting stuck and their last album was monkey business and it had monkeys all over. Like that was kind of their thing was like a monkey. But they yeah. dropped that before this album. So I feel like they were like, all right, we need to move on from what we were and create this new like identity. What? Um, oh, they're saying goodbye to a place no one can trust. A scene based in a lie. Yeah. Maybe they had a really bad falling out with their local scene. <laughs> well, you know what they say. Love is mutual. Love is dead. I mean, you may experience this in your future band, the one that you're in. But in my past bands, sometimes bands don't get along with venues. And if it was like their local venue, like in town, that's enough to write a song about. Yeah. Because you can really not like a venue owner. I or... I believe it. <laughs> I'm curious what venue you're making Not worrying about. about it. Don't worry about Adrian venues. Oh, you could tell me if it's Adrian venue. <laughs> Let's see, Adrian, Adrian venue. Let's see if I could guess. Is it still open? I don't think so. I, I don't know what's open in Adrian anymore. Well, well there was the one mall. thing. <laughs> oh, the mall. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> well, there was one place I was thinking of, but it closed like my freshman year. I don't think that would be it because no, it wasn't the Brass Land Lantern. I saw My Dying Wish play there. Did you really? Yeah. And uh, My Dying Wish and um, whatever Kenny's band was. I was just considered every band. Kenny Sledge, the band. Well, I just remember it was. They were playing together, and Kenny was like, oh, it's our last show, it's our last show. And then it was just, they were changing their name. <laughs> so at the very end of the set, they were like, oh, now we're Her Dark Force or something. Like, whatever the fuck their name was. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's what the Mayfly is about. I like the Mayfly. That's all bull. I, I love this. Uh, just just one show you owe to the kids, so play. That's all bull. The main things where I have we're having fun. I don't <laughs> owe shit to anyone. See, I think it might be about a venue. The more you like when you describe that. Yeah. All right, track eleven, Highway Donkey. Interesting song title. I know, right? But it makes sense because it goes with the chorus. Yeah. Uh, this is about finding yourself and growing as a person. This is a good confidence song. Yeah. This is a good versus the other one that we were complaining about. Totally forgot already. Right about now. Uh, Hellman. No, yeah. No. no we're right about now. I like. Yeah. Right yeah, about now. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but this one's fun. Well, and it, um, it's the it's the whole journey. It's the talking about starting the song, talking about being young and, uh, you know, kind of living a lie because you you don't you hadn't like established himself as a person, didn't know what he wanted, just did what everybody else wanted him to do. And it's kind of fits into um, 
you know, other stuff on the album, but then also coming through it and, you know, figuring it out. But then also still, I like, you know, acknowledge, like, when I was young, it sucked and I didn't know what I was doing. I figured it out. But then at the end, he says, just because I'm older now does not mean I'm complete. Yeah. I've, I've still got fear. I'm not as strong, um, but it's still here. So we're always growing. Yeah. So the <laughs> self-awareness is good. Yeah, it's a fun song. And I remember. Uh, who was it? There's this kid I was hanging out with after high school and he made skate videos. And this was he put the song to one of his little skate videos. It was just him like grinding up on ledges, but that's it. But I, that's what I relate the song to now. I like that little like um, call and return they do on the chorus where he's like, "I'm not going my way," and then they're like, "Going my way." Like, yeah. they <laughs> don't really expect it. It's kind of funny. Track 12, A10. It does have one of those, like, cool rocker solos, just like the other one. Yeah. Very similar. All right, yeah, A10. 12, A10. This is a cute song. Tell me you don't think this is cute. Oh, yeah, this is the mom song. Yeah. This is some of the best guitar riffs, and it's a beautiful, heartfelt song about a friend losing their mom. song about grief does not need to go this hard, and it does. Well, and not only is it thematically different in that way, like, I feel like the instrumentation is different, too. Like, they went, like, full alternative rock on this one, and it sounds completely different than songs earlier in the album. I agree with that. Not a bad way. I mean, obviously, there's some stuff that sound, but they're, like, that, the opening riff, and then, like, yeah, I don't know. It's less, it's, it's not chuggy and fast like a lot of the other songs are. Yeah, so I mean, it's the one of the only songs that hits three minutes too. Hey, you got it. Just just hits three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it is three minutes. But I'm surprised this one doesn't have more plays because this is a really it's a good song. Like the lyrics are really deep and awesome. Do you think he's talking to himself, or is he? Is it someone else's mom that passed? I always took it as he's comforting a friend. Okay. Like a friend that just lost their mom and he's like, hey, if they could see you right now, they would be proud and all this stuff. And it's cute. It's cute. That's Real a good cute. one. <laughs> and it is completely different than most of the other al- rest of the album, but still really good. Yeah. No, that wasn't a critique. That was just an observation. Stop so. critiquing my favorite album. Critique. Not my favorite album. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Track 13, Peppa. 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 What you got? We're back to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is like a supportive, like, follow your dreams song. I always took it as like a, a fun short song about being in someone's corner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I li- like you're a king. You can do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also was like, just like I said with the last one, I was kind of like, is he talking to somebody else or is he like, like I could totally see him like talking to like talking to himself in the mirror on this too. Like you can see, do it. It's up to you. These, like I said, these guys sing like local boys and I feel like this is like one of their friends that comes to their shows and is having like this nervous about hey, doing Chris. something. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, it is their, their, Hey Chris. 
like that chuggy bass after the first uh, oh, verse. Yeah. It's also only a minute and 48 seconds. It's a real fast one. I'm telling you, it doesn't feel like it. I know, right? That's the joy of Mill and Cullen. Short without feeling short. <laughs> I was looking yeah, I mean, at... It's, it's a pretty simple song. I don't... Um... When whenever you're feeling down, I want you. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna send you a link to this. It's all on you, Danny. Just gotta find out what you want to do. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. So before this album, they had three other albums. Yeah. And only one song broke three minutes on all three of those albums, and it's a song about bowling called "Strike." Oh. And I think it breaks three minutes because the first couple like seconds are like the sound of a bowling ball striking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Remember that episode of Fresh Prince where Carlton quits school and is going to become a professional bowler and his nickname is Pins? I don't, but now I want to watch that episode. And Uncle Phil gets pissed off. I mean, that seems like an Uncle Phil thing to do. Yeah. Rest in peace, James Avery. It's so good. How do you feel about them remaking it? It has Will's blessing. Okay. I I won't shit on it until I see it. I've learned my lesson on being react- <laughs> reactive like that. So. Would you? What, what did you learn your lesson on? What was it? Um. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of lessons, but with like media, the thing I always think about, and it's more about casting than I try not to poo-poo on casting until um, I actually see the movie, and it's The Dark Knight. Oh, I remember yeah, being yeah. like. Heath Ledger? That's so stupid. That did come out of nowhere, though. Yeah. Like, no one expected that. But I do still poo... If I don't like an an actor, I will still poo-poo on their casting. Because I just... <laughs> like, uh, my my newest person that I that I don't like. Because they're... Um, he's doing the... He's doing a more serious Johnny Depp. You remember Johnny Depp did, like, a 15-year thing where he was like... I'm going to be as weird as possible in every movie. And I I might, uh, Helen uh, Carter might be in the movie and I probably will kill her in the movie. All right. Who's the new actor? Jared Leto. Well, I feel like he doesn't even do that much. Um, yeah, but he's, I've, I've seen him in enough stuff where he's just a weirdo that I'm just, I don't like All right. it. I feel that way about Chris Pratt. So I get it. Um, I I wasn't annoyed with Chris Pratt until until recently. until recently. Yep, me too. Um, and it's partially because he's so Jesusy in real life, and I'm like, what the hell? How did you become so funny if you were so Jesusy? I know. But all right, let's let's wrap no, this up. I want to shit talk Chris Pratt some more. No? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Track fourteen, the ballad. The ballad. This this is a marathon song at four minutes and fifty seconds. I know, right? What did you think of this song, Josh? Uh, that's your quintessential sad kid song. Oh, it's good though at being that. Yeah. Um, I I don't typically like these songs that much. Like, I don't dislike this song, but I'm. It's not like I'm not like. Uh, um, I'm never like, oh man, turn it up. It's the story of a lonely guy. 
That's a great song. You know, like, I have to be in a mood for this kind of yeah. song. That's for sure. Um, plus, I just try to forget high school. Because <laughs> this is me. <laughs> I didn't stay home from prom, but... Uh, I was lame in high school. So. <laughs> it's, I mean, what It's too autobiographical for me, Danny. What made you lame in high school makes you cool now. It's true. Like... You had Spice Girls dolls, and now I think that'd be awesome. In high school, yeah, we probably. First of all, I'd, I'd let's let's just make sure the timeline's right. I had Spice Girl dolls in middle school. Ah, okay. But did you get rid of them? Uh, no. Then you. Had I never. Them in high they school. were never like displayed or anything, though. They were just. But uh, it's funny because now I, if I had them, I would display them. They're collectible. They're collectible. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's a sad song about, you know, uh, just a heartbreaking ballad about a guy who just is the biggest loser in his own eyes, at least in high school and how hard he's taking it. And I just hope this song makes someone out there want to reach out to another kid that seems like they're having a hard time or not fitting in. You know, it's a good song, though. You don't know everyone's story. Yeah. That's my PSA for the end of this album. <laughs> All right, so this is this is the part of my birthday present I'm excited about. I made you listen to a whole Mill and Colin album. <laughs> Happy birthday. Tell, tell me what you thought. Uh, okay, so let me pull up my specific notes. So what I wrote is, I said, very solid album. Uh, nothing groundbreaking, very much of its time. Um really interesting blend of 90s alternative and early 2000s pop punk and um but it, it's especially solid for its time and not coming from the united states uh it sounds like a bunch of dudes in sweden were listening to socal uh punk and you know said we we could do that and um I would, I like I said before, I think I would have liked it a lot more um, if I'd listened to it at its time. And I've said this before, like I have, um, it's harder for me, like if I don't have the nostalgia for the older music because I was listening to it then, it's harder to get into. But this, um, I poo pooed on Mest. I like this Melancholin album. This is a, this, it's solid. I like it. Um, I'm gonna add it to the rotation on my definitive list of all the bands in the scene. So, uh, so it'll, the songs will come up when we're tabbing our driving places. So nice. Um, yeah, no, I I I I dig it. Uh, I think probably of the albums that you've brought to my attention of bands that I didn't know at all on this show, this might be the best one. Cool, cool. Now, you say they they heard someone and like, hey, we can do that. But their first album came out in 1994. That was before Blink was even around. And that was the same year Dookie came out. So like they were on the beginning, like they were starting with everybody. And I would consider the skate punk. Yeah, no, I, I maybe I referenced the wrong. The wrong people, but I de- definitely think they were listening to American music and said, you know, Hey, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's sweet. All right. 
I mean, That's yeah, all. like no effects had been out many years before that. They probably listened to some no effects and were like, oh, yeah. Lag wagon, I can do that. Yeah, no, I'm 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 just saying that it's impressive. Um especially well, especially when you think about that they like they actually I don't know if they released anything way back then, but they like technically like started out in like nineteen ninety two. So Yeah. But right. sweet. That was a good birthday present. You liked it. That's all I cared about. <laughs> I liked hey Mikey, he likes it. Yeah. Out of my 38 years on this earth, I convinced one person they should like him <laughs> after many tries with many people. And you just were talking to a bunch of stupid idiots. Boom. Got him. Roasted. All right, you ready for some weekly rewind? Hit me with it. <laughs> weekly rewind. All right, I only have four songs. We don't have to play them. I'm just going to tell people to go listen to them. First okay. off, Tush... Tush- ah. Touche Amour came out with a cover of Hard to Explain. It's a cover of the Strokes song, Hard to Explain, and I really love it. Um, the new Knuckle Puck song, Levitate, is fun. The new I Fight Dragons, shout out to Will. San Francisco, it's off their B-Sides and Rarities album that just came out. It's, it's all right. It's pretty fun. And then the new uh, <clears throat> Amity Affliction song, Death is All Around, is a pretty heavy sick song. This is a, I know it's only four. But considering the last like three episodes, I haven't been able to find anything for Weekly Rewind. I feel like music's starting to come back. Well, I think people slow down towards yeah. the end of the year. So. Just get into Christmas or something. Pfft. Yeah. Although uh, Tobias Forge said that um, they were going to put another song out before the end of the year, before the tour. That didn't happen. Yeah. And he said that after Hunter's Moon came out. So he wasn't talking about Hunter's Moon. Is that still your most anticipated album of 2022? Second. Mine is former critics. I'm excited to see what they put out. That's what I'm. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Those uh, would be your number one. Uh, uh, Do you have any weekly rewinds? I do. Uh, Well, I have a weekly rewind. Well, I have two songs. We'll just say that. Okay. So one of these, uh, I think it actually came out. Um, actually, let me just look. I'll tell you when it came out. It came out um, in 2019, but it was only just put like they only just put it on streaming like at Christmas. Um, Gunship has a song with Corin Hardy, which I'm not sure who that is. I th- feel like you might, though, because I think they're like a horror person of some sort um, uh, called Cthulhu. And it's just oh, yeah, like you a, sent me that. Did you listen to it? I did. I didn't love it, but I only listened to it once. And you tried again. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then um, I am going to share my screen for this really quickly. Okay. Okay. So as we know, um, Book of Boba Fett premiered last week. And uh, Ludwig Gorenson is doing the score, but I think the person there's someone else, or he's doing main themes, and he, someone else is doing the score. But this someone else that's and I'm so glad I did the research to tell you all the details. But the other person 
that um, that's working on it with him or is credited for the score was like also on his team for the Mandalorian. So it's not technically like, you know, earth shatteringly new. But so here's the song, the theme from the Book of Boba Fett. Let's take it in for a sec. Oh, thought I thought it started sooner. Is this Imagine Dragons? He's Boba Fett. He's not a fucking pirate. What is this sea shanty bullshit? Okay, good. Um, I didn't like the score. It's like, hey, you like the Mandalorian score? Don't worry, we have that at home already. Like that meme? Yeah. Like, the Mandalorian score was amazing. This was fine, but this look, this felt like the Dollar Tree version of the Mandalorian score. So I will say, like, I think if they were to release that theme without all of the vocalization... It's fine. Like I like the I like the melody. That's part but the dum de dum dum like it felt what? like an Imagine Dragons song. <laughs> so you know what it reminded me of? What? Pirates of the Caribbean. Well yeah, that a little bit, but also no, uh it reminded me of that old South Park episode about Mormons. Yes. John Smith looked into the hat. Dum 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 like oh <laughs> However, Smith, Joseph Smith, I was pretty into the show, so I'm I'm good with that. It was just no, I like the show. I just didn't like. Man, I was I tell you what, I was so excited uh, about. I saw Ludwig Göransson, the Book of Boba Fett, uh, th- from the Book of Boba Fett on Spotify, and I like had only watched the episode once at, by the time I saw it on Spotify, so I wasn't like. I heard some stuff in the theme, like in the scoring, that I was like. Uh, that I didn't really have an opinion on. I was I was so focused on like what was yeah. happening in the story. I wasn't super paying attention to the music at that point. That comes on watch number two or three. Yeah. Um, and so I fired up the track, and I was like, okay. But it was kind of like when I went and saw Rise of Skywalker, I thought I liked it, and then I watched it again. <laughs> or I thought I liked it, and then I... I thought about it, and then I watched it again, and I realized that there's a lot of stuff I didn't like. And this, this like the first, I think the excitement carried me through the first listen, and I literally just, like I clicked on it on Spotify, and I think I was at the gym, so I just let it let it play again, and I was like, oh, I don't really, I actually really don't like this, these vocals. When we we watched it, me and Tommy, and you know at the end when it's going through all the cool art. Yeah, that's when they play that song. Like, as we were watching that, you've drilled in my head so much that you love the Star Wars theme music that I was like watching. I was like, I wonder if Josh likes this because I do not like this. I didn't. That's why I didn't tell you when I was about to say I have a what the fuck song. I was like, oh, no, I I don't want to say that. I want to I don't want to ruin that. I don't like it. (laughs) I want that to be a surprise. So, yeah. Hey, Josh, are you excited about anything this week? Not really. (laughs) 
Oh, you're not excited? No. Why not? Uh, I'm assuming that you're talking about the Motion City concert on Friday. Yeah. Um, but have you seen that they've canceled every show except for they had one show and then now they've canceled every show up to Detroit? And yep. I just uh, too many people in my social circle and uh, that I serve at work, uh, and there, there's just too much COVID swirling around. It and is I, running I, rampant. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I, at this point, I'm like, guys, just cancel the whole, just postpone the whole fucking tour. I like, I, don't put me in a spot where I have to decide whether I want to be uncomfortable and probably catch COVID. Or lose a ton of money. Like, I mean, I have mixed feelings because it's the only birthday plans I have. I know. But I also have that same fear. So I, I, I'm expecting it to be canceled, but we'll see. And I, I started listening to the opening band, I'll Get Out, and they sound fun. And then there's a comedian opening, maybe. Uh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, I've had other bands like... I've seen other bands like announce. Well, no. So I went to two different tours where shows right before mine or shows right after mine got postponed or canceled because someone got COVID. Like someone in Fall Boys team got COVID and they canceled a bunch of shows before Hell and Mega Tour. And then Paul Stanley got COVID like right after the the Toledo show of the Kiss Tour and they had to cancel a couple shows. Um, and but they're everyone else has been like super open with that's what it is and motion city just kind of put out a statement that was like due to circumstances out of our control yeah like this worked. and like i you know i guess it's their prerogative if they don't want to say that it's covid um but at this i mean I'm, i guess maybe it's we don't know that it's covid but i i mean but they've canceled like you said every show up to detroit and played Michigan Grand Rapids is a hotbed on their first well, that's the thing is like there's literally it's running rampant everywhere again. Yeah. And it feels a little different because it's mostly just like unvaccinated folks that are getting actually sick. You know, like vaccinated folks and boosted folks are um, just getting the cold getting, like symptoms. Yeah. Or not or no symptoms. Um, but. Yeah, it's wild. So I'm not. Yeah, I, I hate to say it. I'm not excited. I want. I want them to make some sort of an announcement. Yeah. One way or the other. I don't know. But I I hope that they postpone it because I want the tour to still happen. Um I want to see them. I don't I don't know like do they lose money if they have to postpone it? Do they like I don't you know I have no idea how it works. Or maybe they sure just that... they don't lose money, but they lose out on making money. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll keep you updated. But we do know next episode we're still going to do. Yeah, we do commit this to memory either way. Yeah. So next Sunday we'll be doing commit this to memory. Finally do an Emotion City episode. Hell yeah. All right. I think that's it. You got anything else? You got anything? No. All right. Get ready for another fun year, you guys. We're going to keep coming. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you were going to say. All right, well, thank you for listening to another episode of B-Side Ourselves Podcast. It's time to flip the record over. Thanks for listening to this episode of B-Side Ourselves. B-Side Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. 
Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics. <laughs>